Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that can allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Growth Secrets. You're with your host, Adam Stop. I've got a fabulous guest with me today that I'm really, really looking forward to sharing a bit of a story and getting to know her better. She's done some really, really cool things. Uh, it is Khadija Khalifa, who was featured, first of all, on The Apprentice, uh, got to the semi-final, did very, very well in that competition, but since then has gone on to build a couple of really amazing businesses, and I really want to get into the depths of those businesses. Um, she's also built a great personal brand with the Keep It Real podcast, helps business owners in her own right uh, to create more success in their lives and has built a series of play centers as well, uh, which we're going to have a, a lot of fun talking about, which is full of beans. So welcome, my dear. How are you? You good? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, super excited to get to have a, a great chat with you. And, you know, I have uh, have a lot of friends, uh, contacts and colleagues and people I've worked with that have been on The Apprentice. And it really is a, a, a breeding ground for entrepreneurial talent and mm. gives a lot of people um, their shot, you know, knowing Lee, Mark, um, Joseph really well, a lot of the people that have been on it. And obviously I've got to know you. I first met you at the um, business show and we had a good chat there. You've got a great vibe, super, super energized. And, you know, I see that you've gone on to do some great stuff in business. So looking forward to interviewing you and really sharing with the audience some of the uh, success that you've had. So do you want to talk to us a little bit? If we go backwards a little bit, knowing where you are now, where did we start from? What's your kind of background prior to being on The Apprentice, prior to to, to, to helping businesses, prior to running your businesses? Where did you start, my dear? And then we'll start off and understand from there. Yeah, this is always a good one. Um, on The Apprentice, actually, when you get to the final five, they do a, a behind the scenes, uh, you know, about the candidate. So I was really lucky that because I came forth, I managed to get that spin-off show. And there was a big, you know, a section about me and my life and upbringing. And they went to my school and interviewed my head teacher. And so if we go back from then, I grew up in a single parent household. My mum always struggled financially. My mum and dad separated when I was eight. Uh, we lived in a council house and, uh, I, you know, bailiffs came to the door on occasions. And she really, she tried to work, but she had four young kids and it was really difficult. So I saw struggle from a young age. And then I saw that spiral into depression and other things. And I just always said, my mum says when I was 12, I said to her, one day, mum, I'm going to be rich. Like, I will be rich. And she even says it now. Like, I, I can, like, I just had it, you know. We were wearing hand-me-downs. And I remember pretending to my friends that I had a computer at home because everybody went on MSN Messenger after school. 
And I was chat a lot for, nothing's changed. I was chat a lot for that hotmail.com. And, uh, and I went to the school library after school and then I'd be on MSN Messenger because all my friends had computers. And then I'd say, oh, sorry, my mum's just called me for dinner. I've got to go. And then I'd run home half an hour because, you know, I wasn't at home, but I pretended I was. So, you know, I did recently an article with the Daily Mail in the money section about that and about, you know, seeing struggle and, and mental health and not wanting to go through that. But I think the, that that made me go and study law at university. I worked really hard to get decent A-levels. Um, I went and studied law and then I started working for the Financial Ombudsman Service in, in uh, South Quay in Canary Wharf. And I was about 22. So it was after uni. I went and started working there. And then I fell pregnant with my first daughter when I was 24. Um, Soraya, uh, the show, actually the spin-off show from The Apprentice, uh, had everybody in tears because they really did uh, a whole section about Soraya. So unfortunately, I wasn't treated very well when I was uh, giving birth to Soraya. And as such, she was starved of oxygen and born with brain damage. So she was at risk of cerebral palsy. Um, we had a whole investigation into why I was neglected. And, you know, I was 24. I was in a, uh, a hospital in London. I didn't have any family near me. I'd lived in London from about 16 because I didn't get on with my mum very well as a teenager. So I was living with a boyfriend in North London. And then I just stayed in London for uni and, uh, and then had my first daughter there. When she was a month old, I decided I needed to move back to Peterborough, which is where I'm born and bred in Peterborough, even though I feel like I'm from London because I lived there for so long. I'm actually from Peterborough originally. And so I went back home because my um, mental health was awful, like a major postnatal anxiety and depression. I I didn't know if she was going to walk and talk. We had specialists from UCLH coming to Peterborough once every couple of months to check her mobility skills. Yeah, for a 24-year-old, it was a lot. Anyway, fast forward, I was due to go back to the ombudsman at the end of maternity leave. And I realized once I calculated the travel from Peterborough to London, the time I'd be away from Surveya, the childcare that I'd have to sort, you know, it just wasn't working out. So I Googled a cheap business to start and I saw that a cleaning business was a really cheap business to set up. So I bought 20 pounds worth of cleaning products from Wilkinson's. I bought a Hetty Hoover on my Littlewoods catalogue and I borrowed my partner's first car that was sitting in his dad's garage and it was a three-door red polo. And I would take Soraya with me as a six-month-old baby and go and clean houses. And it started as friends of family. And then because I was really good at cleaning and then it just, you know, I just got bigger and bigger. And by the time I applied for The Apprentice with my cleaning business, I had 34 maybe plus staff. Um, I had a fleet of, uh, We de- I decided that I needed to have a USP. I'm very salesy. I've always been salesy. And I knew that there's so many cleaning businesses out there that I needed to be different. So we were Opal and Pearl Eco Cleaning Services. Everything we did was try to be eco-friendly. And uh, we employed a lot of working mums during school hours because I was a mum and I realized that, that that needed to be a thing. And a lot of these mums wanted to go to work, but they didn't want to spend all their money on childcare. So we did 10 or two shifts. Anyway, I went on The Apprentice with the cleaning business. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was in a world of thinking that the cleaning business was 
you know, it could have taken over the world. We'd applied to tender for Warwick University. And when Claude interviewed me, I said, Claude, I'm going to get the cleaning contract for this entire building. And, you know, I was driven and it was going to work. And in hindsight, when I left the show and Lord Sugar told me that he didn't see it, see it scaling, I really analyzed my numbers and I analyzed my overheads and I analyzed, you know, how much hard work am I going to have to put in for these tiny little margins? And I made the very brave decision to close the business down completely. So we faded it out. You know, I made sure that staff had other jobs and, and people said, oh, you could have sold it. I really, after the show, I just... You know, when you just know, like I just had this feeling in my gut and I was like, no, no, no. The cleaning business, it gave me the experience that I needed. It was a blimmin' hard grasp. I do understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like any, it, it's business. It's like when you get a talented person that's got lots of drive and lots of desire and they put that into a vehicle, in this instance, it was a cleaning business. You put that drive, that energy into that vehicle you can only take it so far. That vehicle's only going to take you so far. But then if you put it into a different vehicle, you can go a lot further. And it exactly. is a difficult decision. It's something that happens to businesses all the time. You know, talented people, most talented, great business owners have had multiple different businesses because they actually yeah. realise they get the enthusiasm, talent, the sales, all the stuff to go and drive something. They go, actually, you know what? If I actually put that energy over here and that talent over here, then I could go a lot further. And, you know, it's quite natural, really. And I think it's a good lesson, actually, for the people that are listening, because um, you do have to analyse it. You can become a busy fool. You can put decades into the wrong thing. All right. And a lot of people don't know that. And it's good that you spotted that. So what happened after the cleaning business? What so, next? so I um I reached out to Rob Moore of Progressive Property because he's from Peterborough and um and I saw that he was doing big things online and I was lost. I was completely lost. My relationship, I wasn't sure if it was working out. I'd come off the show, everybody expected to be a millionaire and I wasn't. I um and by the way, just a little pre-warning, I really keep it real. Like I'm the brand here, I keep it real with Khadija. I don't mess about. So um, I I came off the show and I split up with my partner. I had two kids at this point now. I had another daughter and yeah, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I reached out to my boy and I said, I don't know what to do. I know I've got skills. Like, is there anything that you can, that I can do with you? And he said, you can come and do some of our sales. Literally I'd done like sales office training and calling when I was 18. So it was a big hit to the gut. I was now 26 nearly 27. And I was going in at entry level to progressive property, but I did not care. I was like, whatever I can learn from this machine that is happening here, I need to learn. And oh my God, thanks to Rob and the team. Like I learned, I didn't know you could make money off a webinar. I didn't know that you could like sell your knowledge for money. I didn't know that you could learn how to speak effectively so that you can sell on stage. Wow. That was like the, an amazing 18 months. But I remember another guy that's in this kind of space that you're in, Adam. I won't mention his name, but I'll tell you after. He came in to Rob's offices and, um, and he said to me, oh, my God, I watched you on The Apprentice. So you went from The Apprentice and now you're cold calling for Rob Moore. Oh, I was, oh, my God, stab in the gut. And I was like, do you know what that was? Fuel. I thought to myself, one day, little man, I'm going to be fucking way minted and way more minted than you. And I'm going to call you up and say, do you remember that time when you said to me that I'm just Rob Moore's cold caller? Look at what Rob Moore taught me. 
I think that actually to, to sort of sit there just for a moment and actually realize that prioritizing learning over earning is something that everybody needs to do at some point in their life, you know, yes. and what you did actually you took one step back to go many steps forward i think a lot of people don't do that they want to prioritize earning and actually they're they're earning your your earnings only go up in proportion to your skill levels so right. if your skill levels can get you to one place but actually if you rate skills you can get to the next place so yeah. actually i think what you did was really smart and you know what there's no i i also think you know something that i'm a big believer is that there is no place in business for ego Oh, you know? my God. And um, ego and, is and there. And if you're too ego-driven, that can keep you stuck, right? And uh, you put your ego aside, which is amazing, and uh, went to work on your skills. So that's great. I, I did. It's awesome. And also, yeah. and also, I can't lie, I love a headset. I love a yeah. headset. Like, I will go to anywhere... <laughs> I will go into anyone's company and go Wolf of Wall Street and stand up and ring the bell. And listen, I went in at entry level, but Rob and his team were brilliant. Of course, he knew that I'd been on the show, um, yeah. but he didn't, he didn't, one, he didn't let me come in easy. But two, as soon as he saw what I had to give, not, not Khadija from The Apprentice, but Khadija, who's working with Progressive, you know, the opportunities came. I started a podcast. I didn't know anything about podcasting. I, I, you know, they really, they really did support me, find my way. And anyway, fast forward, then lockdown happened um, and I fell pregnant. So everybody was kind of working remotely. Um, and during that time, I realized the need for um, soft plays. <laughs> like everybody was at home with their kids. We were fed up. Like I was pregnant. I had two kids. I couldn't take my kids to a soft play. And a lot of the soft plays in the UK, and now I'm seeing in Dubai as well, they're great, but they're very multicolored, they're very kid-focused, and they're very like fried food. Well, obviously what happened with Soraya triggered some sort of health anxiety in me. So as you can see, I've got my green juice. I'm very health conscious. Mm -hmm. And I think when you become, the more successful you become, the more health conscious you become as well, because health is wealth and all that. So um, I... I had this idea that I wanted to create like a chic coffee shop, kind of what I'm sitting in right now. You know, actually their interiors in the place that I'm in right now are very similar to my cafe. Industrial lighting, faux tan leather seating, um, these industrial chairs. So I had this vision that I wanted a chic coffee shop where yummy mummies and, and mums and dads and grandparents could go and feel like that they were in a really nice environment but their children were welcome. When I had the cleaning business, I was a uh, marketing manager, HR manager, accountant, everything, because I couldn't afford to outsource it. So I used to take my laptop in the car and take my young children, and I'd either go to a soft play center for two hours while I dropped my teams off to clean. Uh, but then in the soft play center, the Wi-Fi would be bad. I couldn't find a plug or the food was awful. Or I'd go to a Starbucks and the coffee was good and there was a plug in sight, but my kids were bored within half an hour. So I realized that there was a gap in the market for people like me who are very driven and want to go somewhere where I've got a plug here and a good coffee or a green juice, some, you know, nice paninis and salads and cakes, freshly made cakes. So I created it. I created Full of Beans. And the good thing was I learned how to market myself from Rob Moore and, I, and people trusted me because Lord Sugar yep. liked me. So then it meant that I, it was very easy for me to raise money because as soon as I started telling people, 
oh yeah, by the way, I'm thinking of doing this. And don't get me wrong, I had no money to put into it. Not nothing of my own. I did not put, I've not put a penny into either cafe. And I'm fine to say that because what I bring to the table is, is, is worth so much weight that I actually don't need to put money in. But I raised 60,000 for Full of Beans One and we opened that in September 2020. And then we had to close for seven months. And then we've just raised 107,000 for, for, I say just raised, we opened it in August, Full of Beans in Peterborough. And now we are in the process of raising 170,000 for Full of Beans in East London. I can't say the specific location because we're taking over an existing soft play and we're waiting for the tenant to leave. And now my operations manager's just been yeah. this morning to Cambridge and we're going to open a smaller version um, there. But what we have, if you look at Full of Beans UK on Instagram, it's it's a three-story soft play with 27 play elements. So it's enough that your children are entertained. But it's also in like a nice, chic, Instagrammable cafe. So we recently spent £27,000 or dollars, I can't remember, one or the other, on buying fullofbeans.com and fullofbeans.co.uk because this time, unlike the cleaning business, I know this is the one. Um, so I'm happy to, you know, ask my investors, are you happy if we invest this money into buying domains? And luckily for me, my investors support everything I do. So, you know, mashallah, as they say in Dubai, it's worked out since that cleaning business day. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's a fantastic story and, and it's a great, you know, some so many lessons there, I think, for the audience to look at. One, the prioritisation and skills, I think, was really clever. Uh, two, actually putting the ego aside, you know, what, I'm going to build my skills, you know, and then moving on to then go and raise money, use your personal brand to raise money. A lot of people don't realise that the more of a brand you have, the more trust you have, the more trust Correct. you have, the more credibility you have, the more credibility you have, the more people want to be on board. You know, one thing I say frequently is success attracts success. And if you're becoming successful, people want to be around at that and they want to be a part of it. So it sounds like you've really built those lessons into what you do. What's your plans for the future then? You know, you, you feel like Full of Beans is the one. How, where do you envision it? Where do you want to go? What's your What's your kind of overall vision for it? Well, there's a reason I'm in Dubai because it definitely needs to come here. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the plan at the minute, we uh, the lease is going through for the East London one, the Cambridge one we're taking over. It's being reassigned to us. So hopefully, God willing, in the next few months, we'll have four. Um, my investors are happy that I'm in Dubai. The best thing I did, actually, is I came on a holiday in January to Dubai and uh, I decided not to go home with three kids in tow, by the way. And they're currently being homeschooled, but they go, they're at a kids club at the minute. But for me, I was spending, and you know, you're always learning, but I was spending a lot of time, even with Full of Beans, doing little things that I thought were important, like a cash and carry run or, oh yeah, I'll work a few yeah. hours to cover someone because, yeah. because I work, you know, because I don't have, a, I don't have a big ego. So to me, I don't care, but give me the t-shirt, let me jump in. But actually it was quite detri detrimental. Yeah, it was detrimental because I was doing things to make myself feel like I was being productive when actually being in Dubai and unable to do that, I'm building the franchise model, I'm building the brand, I'm speaking to the investors, I'm doing all the other things. And actually what I realized was while the cafes are running amazingly well, thanks to my great team that like and love and trusts me and like and love the brand, um, I, my Keep It Real with Khadija stuff, I was interviewing a lot of great guests. Um, 
at the time that I was working with Progressive and then after. Um, and then it kind of like whittled down. I had a baby full of beans launched. Like I'm also, I've also realized that you don't have to try to do everything at once. Like sometimes something has to take the back seat. And for me, it was the keep it real stuff. So now I put a post last night and uh, and, I, and I'll, um, I'll send it to you. But I basically just said, I love getting a hit of dopamine from cold calling. When I cold call, one, when they pick up the phone, I get a hit of dopamine. When I pitch to them and they're listening, I get another hit of dopamine. And when they actually are happy to move forward, oh my God, it's like Christmas. So I've realized, you know, I've done business mentoring and coaching, but what really, really like excites me is cold calling. I can't tell you cold calling or just introducing a new product or getting to know a new company and believing in it so much that I can sell it. I've been like this since I was working in Evans retail store in uni. They used to tell me I could sell ice to an Eskimo. They'd have like an Arcadia rest in peace Arcadia but they'd have an Arcadia store card and their target would be like I don't know five in a month and I'd work a Saturday and get three and they'd be like wow yeah and I was like 18 years old back then so I've done a lot of like evaluating of my personality and realizing do you know what there's no shame if I enjoy being a sales girl if somebody wants to pay me like I've done an offer I'll give you 10 qualified leads uh, per month for 200 pounds oh my god that's nothing but for me, it's like a hobby. I, if I've got a few hours free and I haven't got the kids, give me your data, give me your CRM, let me call them, please. Because I love, I want to get a sale. And with Full of Beans, as much as it's great, it's not really like that. You know, I can market it on social market. I can market it on social media. I can, um, you know, we, can, we, we sell parties, don't get me wrong. Every time someone books a party for £400, I get that dopamine hit. Every time I see the Stripe payment come in the bank account, I get the dopamine hit. But when the business is running day to day, actually, I'm a bit like, what can I do? I need to like do something. So, yeah, I mean, I had three people sign up yesterday to me getting them 10 qualified leads. One has got a small business awards business. Shout out to Laura. And then another guy, he wants to connect with authors that aren't uh, marketing themselves, right? Another guy has got um, like a review platform online and he needs uh, people that are in the e-commerce space to sign up. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I get to learn about the business. I get to see different um, facilities and different software that they're using because a lot of people use different software to So I'm learning that. I also get to speak to a bunch of new people. They trust me and I'm helping people. That really is a big thing for me as well. I'm helping them grow and that gives me dopamine, you know? <laughs> Fabulous. Really loving the sales part of it as well. I well, love it. You know, it sounds like lots of cool stuff on. What would you say to, and I think this is where we want to get a lesson out of this, which is really important. What would you say to the people that are sitting there and they're going, you love it, I hate it. How can somebody get over that fear of actually making that call? And how can people build more of a sales mentality into what they do? What would your advice to be to someone in that in that way? I'm so excited to answer this question because I've got to answer in true sales form. You don't need to learn. Let me do it for you. <laughs> well, look, if you want some sales, uh, yeah, but that's okay. But for those people... Um, you know, sir, but what would you say? What, what do you think? Because I think the problem is for a lot of people, right? A lot of people never been through that part of business. So mm. I, I learned that 
in early career, right? And and a lot of successful people early in their career have work sales environment, a lot of successful people. So they overcome the fear of asking for the business. They overcome the fear of doing business. But many, many people they never had that and they still carry the fear in um, and, I, and I really think it's important for people to be able to go out there and actually make those calls and do the business, you know, and actually start doing it. So, yeah, definitely you get know, people what, on board in your team. What I think is, uh, sorry to interrupt, but what I think is the most important thing is not everybody has to be a salesperson. I've taken a long time over the last few years figuring out what I'm good at. And I figured out that it just so happens sales is my thing. If you ask me to sit and do a spreadsheet and do my VAT return, I actually feel physically sick. If I have to sit down and do anything administrative, I feel sick. So I, I mean, I know I'm bigging up Rob Moore right now, but life leverage really did change my life because I didn't realize that you could outsource stuff that you're not good at. And and now I outsource things that I don't like to do or that I'm not good at. And I realized when you're at the beginning of the business, I did it. I wore every hat. I'm in a very blessed situation now where I know what I'm good at and I can I can channel that energy. I also realized that a lot of people are just, they would probably be really great salespeople for someone else, but they just can't sell them themselves. And that is a lot of self-learning. I've realized that I am bloody amazing. I love myself. Miley Cyrus has just brought out a song called Flowers. Oh my God, I listen to it all the time. And the lyrics are basically like, I will love myself better than you ever can. And so... In answer to your question, if you really want to get good at selling, not just selling for other people, but selling for yourself, you need to learn to love yourself more and you need to big yourself up and you need to know what you have to offer. Because too, too often, the only reason they're not good at selling themselves is because their confidence and their self-worth and self-belief is not there. Once you start working on your self-love and your self-belief, I know I'm a boss I know I'm a boss. I know whoever gives me their money, my investors for Born got 35% return on their investment in less than two years. And we closed for seven because of lockdown. So it was like 21 months. They got 35% return on investment. Why? Because I'm a grafter, because I know my market, because I know what I'm doing and I believe in myself. So now when I talk to investors, I one, one man I spoke to, he asked for a job for his wife. The criteria of him giving me 15 grand was that I had to provide a job for his wife for life. Now, as much as I would love to do that, I equally don't love to be put in the position where I need to have my back against the wall, that I need to make a position for you and so therefore I said no I've had people before as soon as I speak on the phone to investors they go so Khadija tell me a bit about you and I go google me that's how confident I am in myself now not in a not in a stuck up way but in a hold on a minute you sent me an inquiry you want to work with me but you want to start this call off on a level where you're gonna make me feel like I need to pitch myself to you if I feel like I need to pitch myself to you you're probably not the right person for me to work with and to get into that space where you are that confident that you know someone else I had a guy offered that offered to invest a hundred thousand pounds a hundred thousand pounds into my business deal don't get me wrong I was like, wow, just one guy, 100,000. Oh my God, amazing. Then I spoke to him a couple of times and it was like, you know, his attitude was off. His attitude was wrong. So I said to him, I don't think it's going to work out. You know, it's not, we're not going to, it's not going to work out. And it doesn't matter because I backed myself enough that I know that I'll find somebody else in, in a few weeks time and I'll work with someone else. So the sales thing, I think, is always down to you either, A, don't believe in your product enough, B, you don't love yourself enough, 
and C, you just don't feel like that the return for that person is good enough. It, I only will work with people, even with my sales lead gem, I will work with people like Rob Moore, people like yourself, people like other companies, because I believe in the product that they're offering. If I don't believe in the product that they're offering, I'll either try and help to improve it or I'll cut ties. Because there's no point me trying to slog something if I don't believe in it, you know? 100%. Yeah, and I think there's some really, really good advice there for, for for people listening. And you know, you've hit the nail on the head. If if you don't love your product, make it better. Right. If you don't love yourself, do some work on yourself. Yes. Right? Because these things uh, fundamentally are, are going to help you to succeed. Look, I think it's been an amazing chat. I love that you brought the energy, lots and lots of energy there. Um Always. look forward to seeing full of beans, which I think yeah. is a good, a good brand name for you, my dear. Uh, yeah, as well, right? Yeah. I, wear orange. I wear orange now because our brand colors are orange and gray. So now my whole wardrobe, I'm trying to buy everything in orange. <laughs> that wouldn't quite work out for me. But yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> my orange chair, but it certainly worked for you. No problem. That's good oh, thank you for well, having look, me. I really enjoyed the chat. Where can people get in touch with you? Uh, where's the best place for them to contact you if they want to hear more about what you're doing? Um, yeah. Instagram would yeah. yeah, yeah. So on Instagram, I'm Khadija Khalifa, which is great when you're in Dubai because I call myself Khadija Burj Khalifa. Um, and then <laughs> uh, <laughs> Keep It Real with Khadija is the podcast, which I, I'm going to be honest, I was a bit sweary when I first came off The Apprentice. So I might go through. Some of them are going to make me cringe. So maybe hold off before you download Keep It Real with Khadija. Let me filter through the rubbish ones. And then um, Full of Beans UK on Instagram. So you could go to uh, keep it well with Khadija.com, Full of Beans UK, Full of Beans.com, and Khadija Khalifa on Instagram. Fabulous. Look, you've been amazing. Love the chat. Uh, lots of lessons here for, for those of you who've been listening. And of course, Thanks. if you haven't already, please do make sure to subscribe uh, to Business Grow Secrets and share this with somebody else that you think needs some help. If you know somebody that is struggling with sales, struggling with their mindset, or maybe doesn't love themselves enough to grow their business, go and hit that share button wherever you're listening and share this with someone that could give you a nice boost of confidence. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.